Hello everybody, welcome to Stanford Sierra Youth and Families' third episode of Resource Families Thrive. This is Daniel again, and I am the Recruitment Specialist in Pathways to Permanency, our foster care program. Uh, today we're going to go ahead and talk to you about crisis, what it is and how you can support yourself and others through it. As a reminder, Stanford Sierra Youth and Families is a merged organization. We've got a combined 140 years of experience. We serve the greater Sacramento region in California, and we've got a variety of services which support our mission, transforming lives by nurturing permanent connections and empowering families to solve challenges together so every child can thrive. Currently, we have office locations in Auburn, Grass Valley, Sacramento, Citrus Heights, and Woodland. Quick note, uh, you might have noticed that I'm now saying Stanford Sierra Youth and Families instead of Stanford Youth Solutions and Sierra Forever Families. We have officially changed our name as our two organizations merged on July 1st of 2019. So just to mitigate any confusion, I want to make sure that I, I told you about that piece. For today's topic, I already mentioned that we're going to talk about crisis situations. We're in the midst of a global pandemic, and I fully acknowledge that. And that can lead to crises. Stuck in our homes, working very closely with our spouses, our roommates, our kids are at home when they're normally in school, and that's going to cause some tensions. The definition of a crisis is... A disruption or breakdown in a person or family's normal or usual pattern of functioning. A crisis, by definition, can't be resolved by a person's customary problem-solving resources or their skills. So right now, I, like a lot of people out there, am working from home, um, and that's due to the directions that are being put in place by Sacramento County. Fortunately, Stanford Sierra Youth and Families has the privilege of being a community-based agency. We are able to work remotely. We've been able to do that for a very long time. So what does that mean for our families that are providing care to kids? Social workers are still joining meetings remotely. A lot of the time that is on group phone calls, but they can also be video calls like FaceTime. I have also been able to use things like Anytime Meeting or Zoom or Google Hangouts. Uh, so there are a lot of options out there as to how we can maintain contact and still be some form of face-to-face. -face. Our social workers are also reaching out more frequently, and that's just to make sure that our resource families are taking care of themselves, too. Um, from what I understand is those families are doing just fine and maybe don't want as many phone calls right now. We're also working on ways to continue to support kids, relatives, their parents. The children in our care, as you heard in episode two, they all have families, they all have people that they came from, and especially in times of crisis, and times of stress, they want to be able to talk to people like mom and dad, and that's a challenge when we're told we can't be face-to-face. -face. So our social workers are getting really creative about setting up video visits, uh, being able to do phone calls, things like that that still support the relationship between a child and their family. At the same time, our team internally is maintaining close contact with one another. Uh, we've got a lot of contact with our supervisors. We've got ongoing meetings. We have contacts with the county and the state so we can make sure that we're providing the best possible services to our teams. We also do have a 24-hour on-call system that never stops working, and it's to make sure that if there is a crisis, 
that we can respond and support children and families so that they can learn new skills. And realistically, after a crisis, you'll find that you have a deeper relationship with that person and you come out of the other side even stronger than before. Realistically, all of this starts with you as a parent and that it doesn't matter if you are a for now parent or a forever parent. The first episode of Resource Families Thrive, I talked about four questions that you can ask yourself in a time of crisis or a time of emotional distress. And I want to go back over that because now more than ever, it's really important to remember how you're feeling and where you're at. So when you start to feel yourself struggling a bit, take a moment and really think about these four things. Please listen to this part over and over if you have to, but ask yourself these four questions. Number one, what am I feeling right now? And this has to do not just with your emotional feelings, but your body feelings. Are you hot? Are you tired? Are you hungry? Is your heart racing? That can also be a really strong indicator of if you're feeling some sort of emotional distress. Sometimes you start to feel it in your body first. And once you can figure out if it's a body feeling or if it's an emotion feeling, you can figure out what to do about it. So self-control and self-management and crisis management really starts with you. What are you feeling right now? The second question, what is the child feeling, needing, or wanting? It's important to remember not to just say, well, what do they need right now? There are three really important pieces to that. What are they feeling? What are they needing? And what are they wanting? Because sometimes those things can seem like they conflict with one another. So if I'm stressed out and frazzled, are they seeing that and feeling it too? Did they get a nap today, or did they miss that? Are they feeling sad because they couldn't have a visit, or have they been missing sleep? It's really crucial to really look at that and figure out what they need versus what they want. Some kids are also going to say things like, just leave me alone, I want to be left alone, when realistically, what they really need is for someone to be there just not saying anything. Question three, how is the environment affecting the child? And this is the big one right now. A lot of people are working in close quarters from home with kids who are normally in school. So do you or do the children have the ability to take space, to have a safe space, to take breaks and go on walks so they can be outside? Is it too dark inside or too cold or too warm and too bright? All of those things are going to have an impact on how someone feels and therefore how they behave. And then the fourth question, how do I best respond? Remind yourself, if nothing else, remind yourself that you are the adult in this situation. Even if you're saying to yourself, having some self-talk, it is okay for me to not be okay but I also have to model what is okay to do when I'm not okay. As an adult, our really important role is to be able to say, I'm not at my best right now, and it's okay for me to not, and I'm going to say that with words. It's okay to ask for a bit of quiet time. 
It's okay to ask for space. It's okay to say, I'm feeling really bad. That last question can get really tricky sometimes because kids might say that they want something, but they really do want something else. That's where a relationship is so important. They might say they just want space and to be left alone, but instead of walking away completely, you could sit down nearby and say, I hear what you're saying, and I want you to know that I'm still here when you need to talk. Now here's the hardest part, is allowing everyone to sit in silence. Allow it to be quiet. Adults, myself included, want to be fixers. We want to be healers. That means that we want to fill silence. But the reality is we're not healers, and we're not fixers. You have to allow yourself to wait. Ask yourself, why am I talking? W-A-I-T. In the end, the most important thing that you have is your relationship with a child. If they're having a hard time, they refuse to do their schoolwork, is it worth sacrificing your relationship with them just to make sure it gets done? In the previous episode, Jen mentioned that she doesn't regret not making a child eat their broccoli. She doesn't regret things like that. What she regrets is when she didn't choose love, when she didn't choose connection. If someone's not doing their homework, is it going to damage your relationship or damage that connection if you say you're going to sit there until you get it done? Or can you say, I see that you're really struggling right now and it's been a chore, so why don't we all take a break together? Why don't we go for a walk together, play a game, do a puzzle? Things to stay away from are the things that can lead to power struggles. So there are some things to not say, like, look at me when I'm talking to you. For some kids, eye, eye contact can be really triggering. It's a sign of a threat or dominance. So the best thing you can do is to use a soothing tone of voice and sit down when it's appropriate and remind them that you have a relationship. Always bring it back to that relationship. If they're struggling with a certain task and it's going to damage your relationship to make sure that they finish it, then just let it drop. Power struggles start fast, and we as adults, we have the ultimate control over any situation by recognizing we don't have control at all, and that's okay. I know that it might feel like a strange time to consider being a resource parent, and a big part of my role in doing this podcast and talking to you and sharing this information and these tips, these tricks, is to tell you that we are here to support you, that yes, this is a tough situation in the world right now, but we are here to support you so that you can support children. Even now, there are children that are in need of families, that are in need of places where they can feel safe. Social workers like Natalie, who you heard from in our first episode, she's still getting calls about kids that need families to care for them. I've seen articles pop up in the news about people anticipating spikes in domestic violence and domestic disputes that could wind up leading to kids being removed. And I've seen articles about kids that 
have had to stay in children's shelters. Kids need families. Children need families. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. That doesn't stop. So right now, what I encourage you to do in this time is to seek out more information. We're still here. You can still call us. Our phone number is 916-368-5114. You could also email us at pfcrecruitment at youthsolutions.org. And you can find our websites. We still have two websites available. One of those is www.youthsolutions.org. And the other is sierraff.org. It's been a different sort of episode. I know I've normally got guests on, but, you know, we're all trying to do some social distancing around here. So I guess to wrap this one up, a few things to remember that when a child goes loud, you go quiet. You have to act in the opposite way that your reaction might be telling you to. Give yourself some grace you might feel just as lost and scared as the child. And remember that there are always chances for do-overs in relationship repair. Lastly, remember that we're all doing our best, and that's all we can do with what we've got in any given moment, so be kind to yourself too. Let me know other things that you might want to learn right now. You know, Feel free to comment on our social media pages, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, uh, SoundCloud has an option for comments as well, and that's where we host the podcast. So let us know if you have any questions. You're probably sick of hearing this, but remember to wash your hands and keep yourself safe. Make sure you get lots of rest, and until I get to talk to you again, I hope that you keep on thriving.